Great to be with you this morning. As Leanne said, I'm Mike, one of the pastors here. We really look forward to meeting all of you. If you're hearing some noises, it's because we have a lot of families and just that's part of who we are here. So uh, everyone's welcome. And I really love what you did with us youth, showing us uh, a modern-day interpretation of what it might have looked like if Jesus would come today. And in fact, it's sort of what I want to hone in on this morning in our sermon. So we're so glad you kicked us off with that view that we, regular people, doing whatever we're doing, Amazon packages, TikToks, and all, can meet the risen Lord. So as I was preparing for the message today, thinking about these shepherds. I heard a story from Pastor Craig that resonated with me, and I thought I'd sort of retell it. I think it really nails this point that the shepherds are into of not missing out. So in and around 2013, Pastor Craig, who's at Mount Pleasant, heard for the first time from a friend at university about Bitcoin. Okay, so this was this new type of investment, and his, his friend was all over Bitcoin. But Craig, being a student with maybe not much money and maybe suspicious of this, what is this thing, decided not to invest. But his friend Nathan invested in Bitcoin. And Craig figures that at that time, Bitcoin was going for about 30 cents per coin. Well, today, those same coins, I just checked the other day, 56,000 Canadian per coin. Craig doesn't know how much Nathan invested in Bitcoin. However, he does observe that Nathan was able to pay for a wedding and buy a new house, probably from those proceeds. (laughs) Craig figures that it was probably a a once-in-a-lifetime thing that he missed out on. So the stock markets, right? We're all investing geniuses when we look back, but seldom when we're in the moment. That's at least my situation. And I I, I sort of know about myself, I probably would not do well with a, a huge windfall of stock winnings. I think the Lord is keeping me humble, which is what I need. So I'm wondering, as you're here today and you're listening, does that story do something to you? Do you feel like, oh, I missed out on something too? Because I'd like to suggest that as we look at, at the story we're about to see, I'd like to suggest that actually some of that pain of missing out before can actually be a catalyst for the present to wonder like, okay, I, I missed out on that. When something else comes along, I don't want to miss out, especially when it comes to the most important things. So that's the crux of our story as we look at preparing him room, as we look at the lives of the shepherds. These young men that rather than missing out, responded. So allow me to read for us from the scripture, Luke chapter 2. It will be very familiar for many folks. Let yourself just be immersed in the story. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace. To those on whom his favor rests. 
When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they'd heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Allow me to just pray as we begin. Lord, I thank you for this timeless word. Would you help your timeless message land on us today as we reflect now? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, as you've heard, our passage today opens with shepherds in a field at night, keeping watch over over sheep in probably the pitch black of night. Whereas you might work sort of nine to five, shepherding was a 24-7 job. They had this constant responsibility not to lose these sheep. So on that particular night, it was probably a night like any others, maybe groups of shepherds had gotten together, and there they were on the hillside, watching, uh, maybe bored, just another night with sheep. And then suddenly, the skies tear open, and they're shining bright with angels, singing like glory to God. And so it says they're terrified. Of course, they're terrified. A laser light show in the middle of a dark night, they're terrified. These rugged shepherds who are used to fending off maybe bandits or wolves or or animals. So in in this tense moment, the angels say, do not be afraid. I'm bringing you good news that's for great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, you're going to find the Messiah, the Lord. And the sign will be that the baby will be born in a manger and wrapped in cloths. So now I think the shepherds would have every reason not to, not to respond to that message, not to go and see. First of all, they were working, as we said. And when you're, when you're uh, in the first century or, or anywhere even today and you're working with livestock, these animals are your livelihood. They have a, a stock value, if you will. You can't lose them. If you lose these sheep, your family loses their livelihood as well. So they didn't have the, the social security that many of us have. So I wonder, a question that comes out of it for me, do you ever notice that it's into our most inopportune times when God makes a call in your life? Have you ever felt that? What's God up to? I think what God is up to in the tension for those shepherds and for today is that God wants us to always be willing to reevaluate what we hold most dear in light of what he is offering us. Second, we're told that the, the shepherds feared the angels. So it was, could be downright terror. It could be awe, probably some kind of mix. And I think it's good to acknowledge that, that fear is a real barrier when, when we do get presented with opportunities that we shouldn't miss. Fear is one of the things that can hold us back. I wonder if you notice that. So the, that's why the angel says, do not be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that will be for everybody. The implication of this good news is global. And they're saying in a way, this is news you do not want to miss. And I think the, the into the announcement, there's these details that would have meant maybe they're sort of 
neutral to us, but I think would have been very meaningful to those shepherds in that time of history. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. So this place where animals would feed and animals would spend, that's where you'll find this baby. Now, this would have been very familiar to them because into their situations of subsistence living in poverty, that's probably where they laid their babies. So the, the Messiah, the, the, the Lord of the world, you're going to find him right where you would place your baby. I was uh, talking to Pastor Jade. Many of you know Jade. And, and he related a story when they went to the Holy Land this past year, 2023. He said that they visited a place called the Shepherd's Field. And their, their Jewish guide who was giving the tour he said this particular place and this particular story uh, though he's not a believer, he does teach a comparative religions class. And so when he's teaching on Christianity, that Jewish guide uses this story, this announcement of this kind of shepherd to speak about the values of our faith. So from what Jade said, it seems like this man who, uh, again, not a believer, saw uniquely good news that this global king, this Messiah from God would be announced like this, would be found like this in a manger wrapped in cloths rather than, than a king somewhere high and exalted and away from the people, but a king that, that every ordinary person can relate to. So I find the older I get, the more ordinary I feel. Again, no, no windfall winnings, no, I did not go to the Olympics, I did not become famous in any way, and that is a good thing. So into my ordinariness, I can really relate to these young men and, and receiving an invitation that they should not miss. So I think in, in our invitation to meet Christ, it's good to note that God wants to meet us in our very ordinary space. So perhaps you're here today and maybe this, this news, these songs, these words might be a strange invitation that you're feeling in your heart, something that you feel led to respond to, but you're going to face barriers. Or maybe you're here, and you've heard this so many times, but the Lord may be calling you back to say, would you embrace this call again like maybe you used to in the past? Maybe this is a day for that kind of invitation. Because we too, like the shepherds, we face a bunch of barriers, and a few of them popped to my mind. I think busyness and distraction is, is a main one, a huge one for all of us. So I don't know about you, but this tw- Christmas 2023 feels like kind of the return to normal Christmas from before. Are you guys feeling that? I know Cleanza and I are feeling like we're kind of uh, on this countdown timer to the events of Christmas, and Cleanza's feeling it more than I am. Uh, there's so much to do. There's gifts to wrap. There's cookies to make. There's, there's invitations to put out so we can get really busy. And I think the, the Christmases in the last three years, though we missed out on a lot of people and a lot of things, I think we liked it. I don't know about you, but we liked sort of the very chill nature of, of relaxing. Whereas this Christmas, we're finding that, that, that temptation to sort of push Christ out of Christmas as we're sort of running around is very real. Statistics say that it's a very uh, stressful time for all of us in our work and in this season. Um, they say that we're going to spend somewhere between 10 and 20 hours just shopping to get ready for the season. So I wonder if the angels, if those angels came down today, where would they need to find us to call us back from our distractions? Probably one of the places would be the shopping mall, 
or, or maybe in a virtual space on, on the many ways we sit glued to screens or watching things, we might have the angels need to say something like this to us. He say, hey, would you slow down? Would you slow down your frantic lives and pay attention? I'm bringing amazing news that won't appear on the screen or won't appear in, the, in that latest product. This is news you need to make room for and not miss. So like the shepherds, we could miss out if we don't pay attention to the way Jesus wants to call us. So we're here in this Advent season. Again, I want to invite us to pause and consider how you could honestly, how we could honestly make more room for Christ in our daily lives. I think this will almost always necessarily uh, mean saying no to some things so that we can say yes to something new. So as I was preparing, uh, reading the scripture and preparing this message, I, I thought of a couple things. And, and one was changing my patterns of digital engagement. I don't know about you, but if you're like me and unlike many people, you're very tempted to use that device right in the morning and especially right up to bedtime. I'm not going to take a show of hands because I know many of you are probably like me. That, that device wants to grab our attention. And then what happens? I, I find myself unable to sleep well because my mind is buzzing from something I just saw. And um, so as I was preparing, I, 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 one little thing, I said, you know what, I got to delete some of these games, these little app games. So as I was preparing, I deleted some games off my phone and I've been experimenting with what it might feel to be bored again, especially in those evenings to create some space. So it could be that uh, I think God's working on me and maybe on you. God might want to invite you to slow down and, and look at your family members and say, well, do you want to chat or do you want to play a game? Do you want to just hang out, just be together? And maybe he wants to show me something about my day. I think the Lord, we know, he, he works in that still, small voice. He might help you reflect, but that won't happen if, if, you're, if we are distracted. He might even want to help you face some feelings. And I think especially difficult feelings are, are difficult to face. And that's why we, we, we drown them out with distraction because we don't want to go there. But, uh, but I'd like to suggest that perhaps in facing some of our emotions, especially the hard ones, Christ may want to meet us there. That might be one of the spaces to make him room and, and come to him for that relief, for that healing that we're seeking to distract ourselves from. So there's going to be things that we're going to have to say no to in order that, so that we can say yes to Christ in a new way. Because when we do, we are going to get the same invitation that those shepherds got. And this is the second thing. On that Christmas night, they were invited to come as worshipers. It says this, Let's go to Bethlehem, they said, and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They heard God's call, and they became worshipers. So what does it mean for us to be worshipers? Well, we, we gather here like we've done today, and when we come to church, what we typically mean is we're going to sing some songs. And this is an amazing ministry. These are amazing ways to sort of unlock our mind, our emotions, and really give ourselves to God. But we, we often narrowly locate it to just that, to just these experiences. But I want to suggest that there's powerful actions the Lord wants to take in all parts of our lives as we become worshipers of this Christ. I read a quote that says this, to worship means giving something or someone the central place in our lives. So worship takes action. 
So when I was thinking of this tension of, well, what is it that I worship? What other sort of places does, do, do I get drawn? I, I mean, one simple thing I, I, I found is adventure. And as well, the toys and the tools to go with my adventures. So for me, one of the things is, is bikes, whether it's motorized or non-motorized. If it's on two wheels and it's out in a natural space, I'm in. And uh, nothing wrong with that. I think these places for me create spaces where I do feel close to the Lord and worshipful as I engage my senses. But I think what also I notice is when, when that sort of ramps up and it becomes all I think about, I, I notice at first when I start to envy, well, I didn't go there, I don't have that. Uh, and I notice it in the fear of missing out. So when it becomes too much, then I know I am, my worship has shifted. And I think if we examine the things that even good things in our lives, we'll find that we are worshipers. We always worship something or someone. So on that first Christmas, the shepherds were invited to focus their worship on a person. And this person was in the baby, Jesus. And it was because of who he was and who he would become. The scripture says this in Isaiah. The government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Every time I read that, but especially now, maybe this Christmas, that just sounds like such good news. We need a a leader, a a whole government centered around peace, wellness, wholeness, an everlasting kingdom. See, in their day, and like our day, but... King Herod, who we saw, a guy like Herod was on the throne, selfish, uh, self-imposing, a a will that was all about him and not about the people, a cruel dictator. And yet Jesus is announced as a king that will be a counselor, a mighty God bringing everlasting peace, a God who would bring permanent ceasefire. That's what our world needs, a king and a kingdom. That is very good news. That will last forever. So the shepherds do something unimaginable. They, they leave the hillside. They, we don't know how or what they did, but they left those sheep and they went to see this Jesus. Worship takes action when you worship with your whole lives. Yes, God does invite you to take risks that his worship calls you to take because they knew that there was good news they did not want to miss. They said, let's go and see. So again, what are we being invited to go and see this Christmas season? Or maybe it's in the new year to come. God's invitation is always going to invite us out of our chair, out of our comforts, to go and see him acting and to calling us in his way. And finally, what we see in the lives of these shepherds as they become worshipers, it says they do this thing. In the very end, it says, when they had seen him, They spread the word concerning what had been told about them and this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. So seeing the good news is actually incomplete in and of itself. Our worshipful response to encountering this God is only complete when we share it with others. The English priest and bishop William Temple said it this way. The church is the only organization that doesn't exist for its members. So if you're a church regular, there's an update. We do not exist just for you. Well, that's good news because the whole heartbeat of the church and of our God and in Scripture is, is to give it away. Because this is everlasting peace for the whole world. That's good enough to give away. 
It's very good. So if you're in any way like I've faced and many of you will face, if you're feeling stagnant or bored or complacent in your faith, the place to start, I want to argue, is not pursuing deeper personal piety. These things are good. The thing that I think this scripture points us to is if you're facing that, that stagnation, the way to grow, the way to heat up your faith is to go and tell. To take the little, you might feel like, oh, I don't have anything to tell. But the little faith that, that these guys had, they went and told. And the little faith you have, or, or you as youth, or kids, the little bit you know of Jesus is enough. If you go and tell, he then steps in and he does what only he can do. People meet the living God when we go and tell. So last weekend, for example, I was excited when 10th had our Christmas concert. I definitely saw some of you there, and I, I hope you enjoyed that. So we took the occasion, as we've done in the past, to invite some friends. We, we had the benefit of knowing it, it's been good, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be good. So we invited some friends, uh, friends that we've been getting to know through our daughter's school. They have some church background, but they, they, had, they said, you know, we've not been to anything Christmassy for years. So they were excited to come. And what I found is being there with the amazing message and, the, and everything, it led to actually good conversations right on that night. And at the end, they, they announced that there's an alpha in the new year. Uh, so this video course coming up in January where people can explore more about Jesus. So we had some beginning conversations and they potentially are interested and might even want to bring a friend. So I find that as we do these things, as we invite people something and we see a seed of faith wake up in them, I found that in me, I was like, oh yeah, this is good. I should, I should want more. Maybe I should sign up for Alpha so I could go with them, something we're talking about. So it's interesting to me that we very easily are willing to share good news about other things, like the amazing benefits of the air fryer. Does anyone have an air fryer? <laughs> People tell you about this. Or the, or the amazing Netflix show that you're watching. We're all willing to share about that. Or the amazing run the Canucks are having. I mean, is that, sorry, is that too much, Matt? We're willing to share those kinds of things. But I wonder if we would make room for Jesus in a way where we're willing to share whatever we have about him in deeds and in words with others. And I'm aware that that's difficult. In our cultural climate, it can get awkward. It, it can get, we can be shamed. But people are, are hungry for good news in our world. So yes, we can share corporately by inviting friends along to concerts, to church, to other things. But I also believe we can, and I know many of you likely do, share Christ in very simple ways. And it looks like inviting a friend or neighbor for a meal. You wouldn't be surprise that that's really an amazing thing for people just to be included invited or simply asking a friend how are you doing so i, I even on, even by text so you've got the permission now and for the rest of the service if there's someone in your heart that you just want to text hey how are you doing go ahead that's right pull out the phone you can do it if you want if that's what you feel led to do reach out and just say how are you doing that might be the best news someone has had all week, all month. So I, found, I find in my life that that sense of desiring to, to share good news about Christ often starts as a really annoying kind of niggle, like in my heart, like I should speak or I should do something. And so 
I notice that uh, it happens particularly if I notice someone's facing an issue and that it feels like the Lord saying to me, Mike, in their issue, wouldn't it be great if, if they knew the good news about a Prince of Peace in their life? It's like, yeah, I know, but I wouldn't know what to say. Or they're not going to be interested. Or worse, they're going to ask me really awkward questions about the church. We all know the failings of the church. So those are barriers. And into those types of barriers that you and I face, I think we need to heed the angel's words. Don't be afraid. We're talking about good news that will change people's lives. So we're to bear news, but we ourselves are not responsible for the power of the news. We can stumble over our words. We can be publicly shamed even, but the good news will still have its impact. The Lord's asking, will you press in with me? Will you keep trying with me towards this good news? When I was in in high school and university, I uh, still have a good friend. I'll call him Brad. Um, Let's just say Brad and I got up to a lot of stuff, a lot of shenanigans, a lot of mischief. Uh, you might say. But as God began changing me, as my faith grew into university, I, I noticed this, this annoying niggle. Mike, would you pray for Brad? As I saw him get into this and that, even though I was changing, he's still going his way. Would you pray for him? So I did. I found myself on my knees or in my car praying for Brad, adding him to my list of people I prayed for. And it was quite intense at first. I remember that, those urges. And so Years then slipped away, and to be honest, I probably have forgotten to pray for him a lot, but those seeds of prayer then have led to various prayers over the years, and I credit actually that some of that to my desire, though our lives are quite different, to just stay in touch. So in particular, when I go home to Saskatoon for Christmas, I've been able to see him, visit his family, and just you know get reacquainted. And to be honest, I have not seen any seeds of the gospel sprouting in his life. I've seen him go on to a very successful uh, career in in health. I've seen him become a a national champion in amateur sports in Canada. But recently, I've also seen in the past few years some tragedy. I have seen his marriage break down and struggling with what it means to, to do that. And then recently, in the past couple of years, he, he's now at PTSD from a tragic, traumatic incident he saw in the healthcare setting. So just this last week, he reached out to me, and we're texting, and he's not doing well at all. But again, those prayers for me, the prayers that I started many years ago, prayers that might start for you today for someone, have been reignited, and, I, and I'm praying, we're texting, we're talking, and it's really my prayer that maybe this is a moment in his crisis that he could lean close to Christ and find there's a savior, there's good news. So what will we make room for like these shepherds this Christmas? So again, I I started out today talking about stock investing. I'm not missing out on that. And even now that feels so much more shallow than what I mentioned at the beginning Because again, I I know it's probably not going to happen to me, and I'm glad it hasn't. I think, again, God is keeping me humble in that area. But in this area of making room for Christ, I see you doing it, and I want to do it. I want to make more and more room so that I don't miss out, so that others don't miss out on this good news, on this amazing life-changing. So I'm learning to, to say no to say so that I can say yes. I'm learning to, to take action to become an active worshiper in all areas of my life. 
and at, at, at the very feelings of risk. I want to do like what these shepherds did. It says, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. They returned glorifying God and, and praising for all that they had heard and seen. So friends, Jesus has done everything so that the whole world could hear this good news. So as we end, I'm, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to actually invite you uh, later. Uh, Leanne will be offering prayer at the banner if you'd like to pray with someone uh, towards these, these, this, this style, this lifestyle that, uh, of being a worshiper that Christ would have for you. Would you pray with me as I close? Heavenly Father, into our world, just like that world, a world where there's darkness reigning, you shine light of good news. So Lord, that, may that be true in our lives here in Vancouver, with the darkness we face. May it be uh, true, especially around the world where they're experiencing the most tragic wars right now. Would, would people with life and hope and peace in their hearts, maybe from you, would they, would they rise up and love one another? Lord, would you change our world? We, we need you so desperately to change our world, to bring this kind of peace, hope, and life. So to that end, I pray in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.